got my GoPuff order this afternoon, and they had put a Coke, like a vanilla Coke and coffee in it as like a sample. Oh, that's sweet. Um, I've taken two naps. You know, normal stuff. So, uh, welcome to an afternoonified mini. Um, I don't think we've done one of these in a while. I mean, we've done a mini in a while. Oh, a fairy tale, you mean? I was like, we literally just recorded last week. <laughs> yes, I am familiar with, with the minis that we do. Um, but uh, clearly, um, I guess I, the the listeners at home um, missed the entire intro where I spoiled the first episode of The Boys and declared my love for many of, of the boys on Stranger Things and how I haven't been sleeping. So, so now you're all caught up. That's pretty much it. <laughs> We're going to see if I can do fairy tale voice. Oh, God, I forgot about fairy tale voice. Which one are we reading today? You should announce that first. Yes, it's particularly important to do the fairy tale voice because today's story is going to be the story of Sleeping Beauty or Briar Rose. A classic. It is a classic. Um, my first instinct was to pick the one with the dumbest title and do that. But then, you know. Sometimes it's nice to do when everyone knows because then the fun comes from how is like the pop culture Disney version different from the original. Exactly. And we can... Or as original as, like, the original can be yeah. for a story that's been passed down for hundreds of years. Well, there's there's always the version that, like, gets more intense and people are like, ah, oh, yes, this is this is the deep, deep meaning. And it's it ain't usually that deep, folks. So... I will say, I feel like I have some understanding of what goes on in, like, the Grimm's fairy tale version of Sleeping Beauty. And I'm very excited to hear it. It's only three pages long. Excited maybe not be the right word, but... That being said, we can read The Ear of Corn later. Uh, that will be a different, <laughs> different fairy tale mini. Uh, so will Lean Lisa... Will what? Lean Lisa is another story. Um, these are the weird titles that I, I found. Is it about Lisa Simpson? I would hope. I, I'm pretty sure all Lisas were born in 1982. Well, my, my mom is Lisa, and she was a 62. So oh, 61, but I do know Lisa that's a bit older than that, but it just, it strikes me as a very eighties name. Well, we could also do a, uh, a crossover with a podcast bigger than us and read, um, story number 166, the Griffin. Ooh. It's a very niche lead in for that joke. Um, and then Sonic's cousin, Hans, the hedgehog. <laughs> He's uh, Sonic's German cousin. Yes. If I could do a German accent, I would have made a gotta go fast joke, but unfortunately, not in my repertoire. You know, we're we're not gonna that's gonna be offensive for hedgehogs, for Germans, <laughs> and for, for Sonic. People, for people named Hans, Ben Schwartz is gonna be offended. And we don't want to offend Ben Schwartz. Never. Okay. So this is Sleeping Beauty, parentheses, Briar Rose. It actually starts out a lot like Rapunzel. With lettuce? No, it's actually a lot weirder. We'll get to it. Okay. A, a long time ago, there were a king and a queen who said every day, ah, if only we had a child, but they never had one. But it happened that once when the queen was bathing, a frog crept out of the water and onto the land and said to her, your wish shall be fulfilled before the year has gone by and you shall have a daughter. Now let's unpack that. She was in the bath. And a frog. And a fucking frog <laughs> who can talk. Where is she bathing? I would assume, since she's a queen, it's it's a tub of water in the castle. I mean, I'm definitely picturing, like, a tub in the garden, because that's where the frogs are. But the talking frog Though if it doesn't... is a talking frog, it may not be limited by the garden, you know? 
Yeah. And where did it come from if it was in her tub? Um, I mean, all How talking- does it know so much about her reproductive health? I mean, that's why I wondered where he came from. <laughs> we got there eventually. All talking frogs look like the WB frog to me, so... It I pictured it- the frog from over the garden wall, but... Mm, less of a hello, my darling, and more of a folksy <laughs> situation. Yeah, a little bit. Okay. What the frog said came true, and the queen had a little girl who was so pretty that the king could not contain himself for joy and ordered a great feast. That reads differently in 2022. Um, He invited not only his kindred, friends, and acquaintance, but also the wise women in order that they might be kind and well-disposed towards the child. There were 13 of them in his kingdom, but as he had only 12 golden plates for them to eat out of, one of them had to be left at home. And this is the story they did not cover in Maleficent, is that they didn't have enough place settings. I'm sorry, you're the king? Buy another plate. <laughs> Entire fairy tale solved. Yeah, I, this is where the Disney thing kind of filled in some plot holes. Uh, the feast was held with all manner of splendor, and when it came... To an end, the wise women bestowed their magic gifts upon the baby. One gave virtue, another beauty, a third riches, and so on, with everything in the world that one can wish for. I'm glad they limited it to three. I'm glad they went through the effort of giving her riches when she's a princess. Yeah, seems. Feels like a foregone conclusion, maybe a little bit. When 11 of them had made their promises, suddenly the 13th came in. She wished to avenge herself for not having been invited, and without greeting or even looking at anyone, she cried with a loud voice, The king's daughter shall, in her fifteenth year, prick herself with a spindle and fall down dead. And without saying a word more, she turned round and left the room. And this is the energy that you need to bring into all social (laughs) gatherings. This be the drama you want to see in the world. (laughs) Show up at that house party, proclaim, fuck y'all, and then just leave. They were all shocked, but the twelfth, whose good wish still remained unspoken, came forward. And as she could not undo the evil sentence, but only soften it, she said, It shall not be death, but a deep sleep of a hundred years into which the princess shall fall. The king, who wished to keep his dear child from the misfortune, gave orders that every spindle in the whole kingdom should be burned. Meanwhile, the gifts of the wise women came true for the young girl for she was so beautiful, modest, good-natured, and wise that everyone who saw her was bound to love her. I'm going to say that what happens later kind of negates the wise. Wise implies that she would know exactly what was going to fucking happen, and did it anyways. I mean, I guess that assumes someone told her. Yeah. Which, The king's clearly an idiot. Yeah. It also could be like, oh, I solved the problem. I burned all the spindles. She doesn't need to know. Why would she need to know that? It happened on the very day that she turned 15 years old. The king and queen were not at home, and the maiden was left in the palace quite alone. So she went round in all sorts of places, looked into rooms and bedchambers just as she liked, and at last came to an old tower. She climbed up the narrow winding staircase and reached a little door. A rusty key was in the lock, and when she turned it, the door sprang open, and there in a little room sat an old woman with a spindle, busily spinning her flax. How long has this woman been in this tower? I think it's a setup, Sarah. <laughs> I understand there is probably magic involved, but... Probably? <laughs> I want it. If we could do quotes for the minis, I would just like it down that Sarah <laughs> proclaimed 
in the middle of a Grimm's fairy tale, I think there might be magic involved. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Jury's still out. Good day, old dame, said the king's daughter. What are you doing there? I am spinning, said the old woman, and nodded her head. What sort of thing is that that rattles around so merrily, said the girl. And she took the spindle and wanted to spin too. But scarcely had she touched the spindle when the magic decree was fulfilled and she pricked her finger with it. As a side note, I was at the Goodwill outlet like two weekends ago and they had a full ass like wooden spinning wheel just there in the by the pound bins. (laughs) And it took a lot of effort. That does not surprise me considering you live in Portland and of course someone had an old spinning wheel. I admire your willpower because that would be hard to pass up. It wouldn't fit in the car. Um, The Goodwill outlet is the fucking Wild West. It's where all the shit that, like, they took from other Goodwills goes. And they just put it in big bins and they charge by the pound. Jesus. Where did you find anything good? Oh, yeah. We went there looking for glasses for the wedding. Oh, yeah. That's right. Um, They were pretty good. Anyway. Pricked her finger. Uh, And in the very moment when she fell. uh, And in the very moment when she felt the prick. (laughs) <laughs> she fell down upon the bed. Th- <laughs> Sorry, I was laughing about another joke that uh-huh. I thought about in my head. And in the very moment when she felt the prick, she fell down upon the bed that stood there and lay in a deep sleep. And this sleep extended over the whole palace. The king and queen who had just come home and had entered the great hall began to go to sleep. And all of the court, too. The horses, too, went to sleep in the stable, the dogs in the yard, the pigeons upon the roof, and the flies on the wall. Even the fire that was flaming on the hearth became quiet and slept. The roast of meat left off frizzling, and the cook, who was just going to pull the hair of the kitchen boy because he had forgotten something, let him go and went to sleep. It was a whole little story just in that. (laughs) It's very evocative. And the wind fell on the trees outside. What is that sentence? And the wind fell... And on the trees outside the castle, not a leaf moved again. Jesus. But round about the castle, there began to grow a hedge of thorns, which every year became higher, and at last grew close up round the castle and all over it, so that there was nothing left of it to be seen, not even the flag upon the roof. But the story of the beautiful sleeping Briar Rose, for so the princess was named. I'm glad we got to her name halfway through the fucking story. <laughs> oh, right. She is a person with, you know, an identity, and I guess we'll throw that in. I don't think the prince gets a name, so equal? Anyway. Yes, equal rights. Briar Rose, uh, princess with name, Uh, went about the country so that from time to time, king's sons came and tried to get through the horny... (laughs) (laughs) Tried to get through the thorny hedge into the castle. But they found it impossible, for the thorns held fast together as if they had hands, and the youths were caught in them. (laughs) The Uh, youths. Oh, Jesus. Okay. For the horns held fast together as if they had hands, and the youths were caught in them, could not get loose again, and died a miserable death. Oh. Yeah. Yikes. Yikes, indeed. That's dark. We lost a lot of good men to that hedge. (laughs) A lot of horny men to that hedge. King's son came again to that country and heard an old man talking about the briar hedge, and that a castle was said to stand behind it, in which a wonderfully beautiful princess named Briar Rose had been asleep for a hundred years, and that the king and queen and the whole court were asleep likewise. He had heard, too, from his grandfather that many king's sons had ar- just say prince, 
uh, that many king's sons had already come and tried to get through the thorny hedge, but they had remained sticking fast in it and had died a pitiful death. Then the youth said, I am not afraid. I will go and see the beautiful Briar Rose with all the confidence of a rich white man. Nothing can ever go wrong. (laughs) The good old man tried to dissuade him, but he did not listen to his words. But by this time, the hundred years had just passed and the day had come when Briar Rose was to awaken again. When the king's son came near to the briar hedge, it was nothing but large and beautiful flowers, which parted from each other of their own accord and let him pass unhurt. So he had to do no work. No. This is not a heroic story of him rescuing a princess. He just happened to show up on the right day. There's still half a page left. Something could go horribly wrong. Um, oh, oh, and then there was an earthquake and the ground opened up and he died. Yes. Uh, open up on their court and let him pass unhurt. Then they closed again behind him like a hedge. In the courtyard, he saw the horses and spotted hounds lying asleep. On the roof sat the pigeons with their heads under their wings. And when he entered the house, the flies were asleep upon the wall. The cook in the kitchen was still holding out his hand to seize the boy, and the maid was sitting by the black hen which she was going to pluck. He went on farther, and in the great hall he saw the whole of the court lying asleep, and up by the throne lay the king and queen. Then he went on still farther, and was so quiet that a breath could be heard, and at last he came to the tower and opened the door to the little room where Briar Rose was sleeping. There she lay, so beautiful that he could not turn his eyes away, and he stooped down and gave her a kiss. But as soon as he kissed her, Briar Rose opened her eyes and awoke, and looked at him quite sweetly. Then they went down together, and the king awoke, and the queen, and the whole court, and looked at each other in great astonishment. And the horses in the courtyard stood up and shook themselves. The hounds jumped up and wagged their tails. The pigeons on the roof pulled their heads out from under their wings, looked round, and flew into the open country. The flies upon the wall crept again. The fire in the kitchen burned up and flickered and cooked the meat. The roast began to turn and frizzle again. And the cook gave the boy such a box on the ear that he screamed. (laughs) And the maid plucked the fowl ready for the spit. And then the marriage of the king's son with Briar Rose was celebrated with all splendor, and they lived contented to the end of their days. I have noticed that these- at the end. I have noticed that these Brothers Grimm stories end like a fucking Joss Whedon show, like they got canceled (laughs) on page two and a half, and he was like, ah, shit. Ah, shit. I gotta write an ending real quick. (laughs) Gotta wrap it up in one episode. I gotta say, that was disappointingly pleasant. (laughs) Disney version was better. Yeah. They added actual stakes. Yes. <laughs> never, never once was I worried for the princess or the prince or anything or anybody. I was worried about the kitchen boy. <laughs> <laughs> that is, that's got to be a grudge if you get interrupted, <laughs> fall asleep for a hundred years, and then wake up and then continue what you were doing. Yeah, I want to hear what happened afterward, like everyone readjusting to a hundred years later, because this was, this would have been what? Like, the 1500s. And, like, I'm assuming the king had subjects outside of the court. Did they just not I think the have whole a- kingdom fell asleep. No, wait, That's no. That's how democracy the old man. was invented. No, there was the old man. So, yeah, it, maybe it was like I a... Think in the, like, the Disney version, the whole kingdom falls asleep, don't they? Yes, and they don't fall yeah. asleep for a hundred years. Because she meets the prince, and then she falls asleep, and then... Uh, yeah, that's right. That he's still hot, so... Sorry, Prince Philip is hot. I don't know what to tell you. Um, Maybe, no, because like in the live action Beauty and the Beast, they kind of explain the whole like, 
our monarch is a big raging like buffalo man thing with <laughs> the village that Belle lived in kind of being stuck in like a time loop. Interesting. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, good version. Dan Stevens is a great big buffalo man. <laughs> Beautiful singing voice. Yeah, I don't know uh, what happened during those hundred years in the village. I, I mean, I, I am doing this right now, but like, I'm not going to sit here and like pick apart the plot of a fairy tale. <laughs> no, I'm trying to figure out what the lesson in that is, because like, you know, there's often a lesson like in the gnome. It was uh, um, don't be a dickhead, I guess. It, it's buy a fucking plate. Have enough tableware for your guests. Yeah, don't leave people out. There you go. That's that's yeah. that's the lesson that you need to take from Sleeping Beauty. This version, at least. <laughs> and like curiosity makes the princess sleepy. Maybe you know, give people the information they need to make informed decisions. Well, there's also that this prince managed to wait until a hundred years had passed. So, like, good things come to those who, yeah, be born a rich white man and be in the right place at the, <laughs> at right, the right time, time. and everything good will happen to you. Well, I'm glad we broke that down and got to that point. Um, thanks for listening, everybody. Really this makes is, you think. This has been another episode of Emily's Fairy Tale Theater. We will see you next time. Goodbye. Goodbye. We love you. For more podcasts like the one you just listened to, go to sobelowmedia.com. This, this is as above, so below.